Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. All right, so common conversation I hear in HR in dealing with personnel issues is meeting with a manager director, coming to my office saying, can, I, can we talk? I got an employee relation issue and they'll, they'll sit down and it's usually goes something like this. I'm exhausted. I have an employee X that every time we do anything, we address anything. It's negative. It's why are we doing that? What you're picking on me? Why are you always crickety me? You're being too hard. And then they'll they'll say they're probably going to call you because I need to address something with them and I'm just dreading it because every time it's a, they suck the life out of me, right? And I'm just tired of doing it. Usually it's employees who've been here a long time. Often it's managers who've taken over, right? Mm-hmm. They've gone to a new role. Uh, they're now maybe the manager versus this lead or they're a director instead of the manager, and they're trying to set a new path, a new culture, a new, you know, all of us. So you, you, you evaluate everything and want this, it's a new day concept. And as I question and am curious, you find they're trying to manage it, but they're managing it on each task each day, knowing that it's going to be a fight, which does. I mean, who hasn't? Randy, I'm sure you've been there. I've been there you know, in my 26 years, we've all been experienced this and we know that person, we could probably today name them, right? Mm -hmm. You probably have somebody in your head. I know I do that over my career, I can name that person that that was a victim mentality. Negative Nelly. Yeah. Yeah. And you brought up your name's Nelly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's just a, what do they say? An unintended Mm -hmm. uh, coincidence, but you sent me a quote. I'm reading it. You can't keep getting mad at people for sucking the life out of you if you keep giving them the straw. And it's a beautiful picture of a lemonade with some lemons around it, right? So that prompted this conversation. You and I were talking about this. And why do we keep giving them the straw? Why do we allow them to exhaust us? And it's, if you're a good leader, you want you want to do the best you want. In me, I can only I can only speak to what I tried to do and that you've coached me on over time and mentored me is that I just believe for a while, maybe I, I can change something in them, right? Maybe I can make them a better person. Maybe I can make them a better leader. Maybe through leading by example, I can do X. But if someone I've learned is a victim and that black cloud hovers over them day in and day out. The choice is not mine. The choice is theirs. And in rare circumstances, looking back, was I ever able to really get them to where I wanted to be? Ultimately, usually the relationship usually ended. And most of the time, because of the victim mentality, I had to end it. They yeah. did not choose to end it themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think there's two there. 
I'm sitting here looking at my other monitor. I'm looking at the quote, you know, you can't keep getting mad. So we've got an emotional response at people for sucking the life out of you. So it's some impact that other people are having, but at the same time, what we're doing is we're giving them the straw or we're giving them the permission to do that to us. So it's this emotional response. Clearly the quote has this negative emotional response, uh, to something that they're doing that's negatively impacting us. And yet we're giving them the power or the control to do that. My head immediately goes to, okay, well, you've got the director who comes and sits down in front of you and says, I need to talk to you. I'm exhausted. And I got this situation and I got this employee and I got that. Okay. So you don't necessarily have a person who's, who's getting mad, but there clearly is a negative emotional response to a negative performer or negative performance. And it could be argued, okay, well, you continue to give them the straw. So for me, so that's one conversation, probably one that we ought to have, you know, I mean, so you want, you want to, you want to kind of begin right there. So we've got a leadership issue, but we've got a performance issue with an employee because this is a director, because we could reverse it. We could turn the tables and now we're approaching it from the person who they're just victimized. They're victimized by everybody and every, every situation. And we all know those people. And some of us may be those people occasionally, you know, this whole personal accountability and responsibility. I told you before we hit record, it, it is, it's the elephant in the room and every conversation I have, it is one of the most difficult things for all of us to do. I don't care if you're a CEO of a major corporation. I don't care if you're a plebe in the organization to accept responsibility because we all want to fixate on blame. Well, it's not my fault. I didn't, I, I didn't, nobody's talking I did, about, I didn't ask whatever yeah, that nobody, whatever nobody's, is. nobody's talking about blame. We're yeah. talking about responsibility. We're talking about, this is your life. You do understand you you've got control over your life. But it's amazing to me, the vast number of people who really don't believe that. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm, I'm in an interesting position due to our industry being in HR. We will in almost, I can't think of a case anytime this has happened. And, and this is a very common, I bet I deal with this at least 10 times a year, if not more, I'm probably underestimating this. And it doesn't matter the level. It, it could be a director. It could be a manager. It could be a supervisor coming in with their manager but there is always an employee involved and a leader involved. The leader is frustrated. The employees typically don't come till after that conversation with the leader, but mm -hmm. HR we're in the unique place to hear from both. And so, and, and I try to be very neutral uh, in the response. In other words, I try not to take sides because yep. in HR, my goal is to listen to the problem and help them find a solution that's good for them, that has their best interest at heart. Um, now, that doesn't mean I don't give the directors. It could be city manager's office. It could be, like I said, it could be any industry. And I don't know how many times from the leadership's perspective, when they're talking about it, I said, you know, tell me what you have done. Because naturally, my goal is to make sure first they've communicated the frustration with the person because they're, I've seen it both ways. Sometimes they have communicated and there is a trail of attempts to right the ship with the employee so that they're aware of their 
behavior that's not welcomed, you know, that, that, that the leader doesn't like, right. and they've tried to correct it. Other times, it's building up frustration, not dealing with it. And now they're at their break point because something else has happened and they're frustrated, but the employee has no idea other than maybe tension they feel that there's a problem. Right. But all they've been doing, the leader, all they've been doing is just living. living Well, documented in their notes, but not saying anything. Yeah. Okay. So I've seen it both. I've seen it both ways. Right. Um, Now the, usually in, in, I'd say 80% of the cases are better. The leaders like, and I'm going to have a discussion with them tomorrow and they will come to HR. They always do. Mm-hmm. And usually I know the individuals because this is their pattern. When you talk about a victim, I know the individuals well enough to, to agree with them. Yep. They typically will come to us and say uh, they're getting harassed. They're getting, getting picked get, on discrimination, getting picked on. I mean, they'll use the the words, the buzzwords. Right. And so, you know, when the, so let's, so I'm giving guidance to the leader saying, okay, show me what you've done. Here's what do you want to do? I always ask him first, what are you wanting to do? And then I tried, I said, let's assess the risks around that. And, and I, my job is to put you in the best possible place so that by the employee, you're doing what's right, that it conforms with the policies. I'm not a policy quoter. I don't like that. I'll yeah. just give them wisdom that this follows our policies. Um, and then um, what is it that what's the impact to you and the team? Like, I want to make that right. Not just. I don't just lean into, okay, you want to discipline, let's discipline, because I really want it to be right. Best. When I say yep. right, I mean best. Yep. Best for everybody involved. If they haven't laid the groundwork from the leadership perspective, I will I will tell them what I believe we should do is we need to at least let them know. And if it, how severe it is depends on what level we jump to to communicate that. Uh, is there a typical to- gap? Is there a typical leadership gap in your experience? So a director comes and sits down, and says, I'm exhausted. And then they go on and they tell their tale. Uh, you know, I would say there's the, the gap is usually crucial conversations are just hard to do and people don't like to do them. They hope the behavior we've talked about this before, even have I they, have they typically not done. Have they typically not done that? Have they typically not done that? Well, have they typically not done that frequently enough or no, I, I think it, it's not even, um, it is usually they've done something in almost every case they've done something, but usually it's just a conversation and they try to keep it very positive. Um, well, it clearly hasn't worked or they wouldn't be sitting right. in front of you saying I'm exhausted. Well, they, they get to a frustration point because everybody wants to stay kind of in good graces, right? They, they really want to keep the culture up. They don't want to, I always talk about, they don't want to break spirit. They don't want to get a negative feeling, but at the same time, it's wearing them down and they don't real until realize. Yeah, but do you really think it. that's it? Cause I don't, cause I really don't think that's I just, it. It's usually just, I really don't think, I really think that I really think the leader's thinking about how they, they don't want to do it. I don't think well, they're, I don't think mostly in my experience, I don't think the leader's thinking about the person who's frustrating them with behavior or, or bad performance or whatever it may be, whatever reason for the frustration, whatever reason for getting mad or having this negative emotion for this person that is sucking the life out of you because they're doing something that you would rather that you don't need them to do that. You don't want them to do. I think it's avoidance because you just don't want to handle it. You don't want, you don't want to have that conversation. Exactly. I, I don't, you know, so you can talk your, you can talk your way into all kinds of craziness if you want you can talk yourself out of all kinds of positive things that you could do 
but I'm going to maintain that in those moments, you're thinking only about yourself. You're thinking about what you want to avoid doing. Okay. Well, it's, it, it all it's painful. It all shifts. <laughs> it all shifts. It shifts yeah. dramatically. The minute you get your head wrapped around what's best for that person. Yeah. And the minute I get my head wrapped around what's best for that person, that person who every time I give them a task and I tell them the tools that they can use to do that task and they refuse to use the tools. Well, that's, that is not where we typically go as leaders first. I know in my experience, um, and it's not, I call it not bad leadership. This, this podcast is about the, what's real, right? The reality yeah. for any of us is, man, we don't want to have that conversation. If you enjoy those conversations, you would be, <laughs> you would be in the lowest percentile I can think of. If you enjoy getting on to somebody, that's, that's not typically what I face. I don't see leaders I see are just, they don't want to have to talk. They're, they're frustrated. They're even having to come to HR. They're, it's usually because they reach boiling point. And then I've got to peel the onions back to figure out, peel the onion back to figure out what have we done? What have we done? And usually and they say, yeah, we talked to them. I mean, this is the, this is the common uh, we've, yes, we've talked to them and I'm like, okay, have you given them anything in writing? Well, no, we haven't really done anything in writing or yes, we have. And then they'll show us. And it's a, I call it like a kind of like a documented counseling. It just says, yeah, yeah I told the person on this day that we were doing X, which is a good start because we tell them at least document in your journal or something. But the, the rate at which they have actually had a communication saying, you continue to do this and I need you to stop doing that. And what I expect is X that's usually on the rare end when they come to me. And the good news is when they come to us, it's usually, it's usually not, I'd say, I shouldn't even say usually there are times when it's not horrible. There are times when they are at their breaking point. So it's a, probably a 50, 50 uh, of what we get by the time they've reached us, because there's been something that's just agitated them so much that now they know. And mm -hmm. I don't know if the agitation is because now they know they have to do something or they're agitated that they have now gotten involved you know, because they're trying to help their leadership deal with this. Um, the employees, so I'm going to flip it before we get into, okay, what do we do with it? The employees then, we'll get a kind of a plan. We'll, I'll talk with them. What have you done? They show us. We'll figure out the risks. And then I back them into a plan saying, okay, this is what I am thinking. What are you thinking now? Usually they don't want to have to document. None of us like it. Right. That's one more step. We'd rather just move forward and get rid of the problem. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, who wouldn't, but, right. but we've got to proceed. You know, I tell them we have to follow our own policies as best we can, but we can skip steps if it's severe enough. So I get them on a plan. Usually this is what happens next. They then go meet with the employee that we know is going to be the blow up. Right. In other words, the employee is going to be mad. I, it's funny because usually I'll tell them what to expect. I'm like, okay, first of all, this is what you need to be prepared for. One, they're not going to want to sign it. And we have a clause in Grand Prairie that says, if you refuse to sign what we are telling you needs to be corrected, then you're choosing to resign from employment. I mean, we have right. that phrase on each letter because the, the, no, I say, we keep saying director, but it's not necessarily a director. Right. The, 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 mm -hmm. the leader that's doing it, I tell them, you need to tell them, this is what I expect from you. If you're not willing to sign this and acknowledge you don't have to say what we are accusing you of is necessarily true, but in that letter, they're saying, this is what we have seen. And this is what we expect from you. And you must sign. 
If you don't sign, then give us the other letter. Mm-hmm. Or if you refuse to give us that, then we terminate you because we must have this to move forward. If you're not agreeing to even to that, then you're not agreeing to continued employment because that's the minimal expectation. Right. Right. So we have that in all of our letters. Um, and I tell them they're going to probably refuse to sign and you need to restate that if you refuse to sign, then there's a different letter and you're not working here anymore. Is that what you want? And so usually the employee will sign. I said, next, do they have any leave available? Because they're going to be real sick the next day. Mm-hmm. 80, 85%, if not almost yeah. 100%, do 100. not come in the next day. All That's of a sudden right. they've got a cough, cold due to flu and they need some That's medicine, right. right? They've got a bad headache. They've mm-hmm. got a stomach ache. Yeah, the hiding uh, kicks in really quickly. Yeah, yeah. And then I said, and then if they don't do that, they're usually going to trip on the way out of the office and it's going to become a worker's comp injury. So just be ready. And and it's so funny because most of the time they'll call back and they're like, well, you nailed it. Mm-hmm. They're sick today. Yeah, it's not your and fault. they aren't sure when they're going to be in. And they're thinking about it. You know, and then, uh, so then the employee, while they're sick, the employees call in HR Right. Usually I tell my staff so they know to send them to me. So I've got the same conversation with two parties going on. Right. And in every case, the employee will do the same thing. This I'm miserable. It's exact same, different perspective, exact right. same story. I'm miserable. I'm always being corrected. You know, I'm trying to do a good job and it's never enough. I mean, from their perspective, it's horrible too. Mm-hmm. And the response to them is, Okay, tell me, you know, tell me more. Is there anything else? What are the specifics? And most of the times, the I would say, most of the time, the leader, we have really a great culture here. So we have good people, good leaders. Everybody's still developing just like I am. But most of the time, the leader has the more accurate perspective, but not always. And then the employees, the difference is theirs is real to them. And I always tell the leaders, don't forget that what they feel is real to them. They do feel picked on. They do feel like they can't do a good enough job. And that's stressful when they're trying to earn a living for their family. Right? So when I talk to the employees, my, I always ask them, do you like what you do? Yes. They'll say these words, I love my job. And my response is, do you? And they're like, yeah, I love, I love what I do. And I said, okay, but do you love your job here? And it's no, I don't love my job here. I love doing my work in the field. I love being in HR. I love being a building inspector. I just am stressed because my new, it's usually new leaders, different leaders. That's when the tension usually kicks in because they've got a new way of doing business. And they don't like the methods of the new leader, right? Or the changed mm-hmm. leader. Right. Um, the supervisors got switched up and they don't get along with them. So as they tell me the story, it's usually on, di- when they come to HR, it's usually dire straits. It's, it's, I hate it here. I hate, I cannot stand coming into work every day. It makes me nauseous, you know? And I said, why do you choose to be miserable? Whose decision is that? And there will always be a pause if they're not in person. And they're like, well, I guess that choice is mine. I said, who is in control of you? Well, I'm in control of me. Are you in control of your boss? No. 
So you're wanting them to change, but they're telling you what they need from you and you're choosing not to do it. Instead, you're fighting it. So what benefit is that gaining for you? Life is too short. You either choose to try to be compliant and accountable, or you need to choose to get out because you're in control of both of those decisions. And uh, it's 50-50. There's been occasions where people have completely turned around and we have success stories uh, because they realize, you know what, why am I fighting this? I can be, you know, I, I try to tell them that the leaders have your best interest at heart. It doesn't feel like that, but they're just telling you what you, what they expect from you. And that's what HR tells them to do. If I were talking to your leader, I would be telling them, communicate with them. So they have an opportunity to fix it. You're telling me they've communicated with you and you're choosing not to fix it. You're choosing to fight it. You're choosing to make it miserable. How does that feel to you? Response, horrible. How does that feel to your team? Well, there's tension in the team. How does that feel with you and the leader? Yeah, it's not a good relationship. Are any of those good things because of your response? No, right? But you have to walk them through it. Right. And most of the time they end up crying. They're just, it doesn't matter, men and women alike. Mm -hmm. And I said, you are in control of you. Choose joy. Find something you love at a place that better matches what you're looking for. Because this is not it. We think it's a great culture, but if that is not for you and the leader's not doing anything wrong. Now, if they are, that's a whole different, right? Yeah, there yeah. are those rare circumstances where it is a harassment. Well, sometimes it's not so much. But that is like a 1%. Right. I mean, that is rare. But I think, I think more common isn't, isn't that the leader's doing something wrong. It's. It's almost they, always they may not, different. They may not be doing, they may not be doing things as correctly as that employee there, they may not be hitting the right buttons. They may not be provoking the correct response and doing it in the right way with sure. that employee. We We're all human. know. Yeah. We all know bosses that are, you know, one size fits all. And if you happen to be in a personality type that is congruent with the way that boss works, it's all, it's all fine. But if you don't, you can be sensitive, whatever, then it comes off completely different. So we well, all and we're all different humans, you know, right. that you and I have talked about the leadership recipe and having humility and compassion. Not everybody is going to operate. Doesn't no, look I don't the even, same. I don't even operate this, you know, it doesn't look I, or feel the same. No, and, and none of us are perfect. And we can't, we cannot expect that from one another. If we seek understanding and knowledge, it can just help us to understand the other person better. We don't have to agree right. with them, but if you seek understanding, that heals a lot. And um, because we're a leadership podcast, so let's look at it from the leadership perspective. So there's 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 the employee. Both are frustrated. And you say what? Well, from the employee perspective, it almost always goes that way. Almost always. I say you're in control of you. You need to choose what you're going to do and have a conversation with the leader. If you're going to agree to improve, you need to sit down with them and go, I hear what you're saying, but I cannot get there. I'm, I'm not satisfying what you're looking for. And, and really make sure if, if you're simply doing stuff, not doing stuff that they're telling you to do, you know, maybe they're telling you to do spe spell check, maybe, and you're not doing it. Maybe they're telling you to check your work and proof it before you get to them. And you're forgetting that is on you. If they are telling you and you're just simply not finding ways to do it better, 
then, then that's on you. And they're not going to stop because I'm going to, and I always tell them, if the leader's talking to me, I'm going to tell them to lean into it and hold you accountable. So if you're not choosing to be accountable, it's going to get worse. You need to From a leadership perspective. What, what do you, what do you think if anything that, and we're, we're admittedly, we're painting with a roller here. We're painting with right. a broad brush, right? But at a macro level, what can the leaders do in your experience to improve this even before it, it, it got to you? Are there things that the leaders could have done differently, could have done better? Um, well, I, I would say in every case, they're coming to me for that guidance. I, I would say differently is usually more accurate. Um, it's really, again, we're, I'm trying to help them seek understanding. Why is the person struggling? Do they not know how to use something that you're telling them to use? Do they not, are they simply, if it's, um, it's harder when it's personality, if they're just being mean, if an employee is being mean spirited, causing team disruption, mm -hmm. that's a whole different issue, but I'm really focusing on performance stuff that could be corrected if the employee would choose to, right? They could get attendance. You yep. need to be here on time. They right. can fix that. That's a choice. They have to change their behaviors. I'm talking about the things like that, that are more yep. easily corrected if there's a willingness. Yep. Um, and so for the leaders, it's helping them. I, you but know, if those I kinds of problems persist, what burden do you place on the leader to, well, I, rem to I, remedy that situation? I always tell them to, they need to explore it. I said, you need to have, first hold the employee accountable. If they're, let's say it's not follow-up, because this is very common. They're not following up on things. That mm -hmm. They ask them to do something, they don't follow up or follow through or get back with them. Yep. I said, then tell them, I want you to schedule a weekly meeting at your convenience with me when I'm available and you need to load it to the calendar. Next, you need to bring your updates to me. I don't want to ask you about each project because I want to know that you have, you're armed with what you know what you need to do and put that on the employee's back. And if, and, and it's those kind of things we walk through, I said, be sure you're talking with them weekly. So they are lending success. What successes did we have and what hiccups did we have? So the employee continues and that's work. You know, yeah. the leaders, That's that can be a little frustrating when we're talking about that. But I said, if you don't understand what's going on and really asking questions, not the fact that they just didn't get something done, why did they not get it done? Give them opportunities. Just know, just try to do the best for them that you can while they are trying to improve. And don't fire them the next week when they fail on one right. thing. Because that's often like, oh, there they did it again. Mm -hmm. You know, but right. you got to give them time because it's a, Changing behavior is learned and it's, it's like a habit. You got to do it a bunch of times before it kicks in and you get it right and you follow through on it. So you got to give them tr genuinely time to improve. That's from the leader's perspective, Randy, that I do. We set kind of a plan right? because often they haven't followed up or followed through either. They ask them to do something and assume it's going to get done. And we all would love that in every person. Yeah. But usually not 100% of our employees operate that way. Just generally, each person's going to have a different skill set that's lacking. Just like I've got things in me that I am always working to improve. If if you say you're perfect, you're wrong because it doesn't exist. Perfection doesn't exist. Um, but we can definitely be better than we were yesterday and, and be aware of our natural tendencies and try to arm ourselves against those and be better. Right. Find ways to do to do that the best you can with your natural abilities. And so the employee's perspective, let's switch back to them. When I'm talking to them, I always tell them you have the choice. You, If you're miserable 
you can choose to leave, find something else. If they're eligible to retire, I tell them, is there anything preventing you? Is there a reason you're eligible to retire? Is there a reason you don't? Find something you want to do. I've had conversations three times this year in the last three months already with employees. This very thing. They're miserable. They've come to us with a complaint. And we've, one, we've either investigated it if it's formal. Two, we've already talked to the leader and the employee, and they just don't get along. And they're all eligible to retire. And I said, is there a reason keeping you from that? Well, I love the city. I want to keep working here. I said, you're, you just told me you're miserable and you cry every day. Why do you want to keep working and coming into that? Why don't you find something you love to do, right? Um, and two of the three employees chose retirement, ultimately, because I told them it's your choice. Mm-hmm. Why are you staying miserable? Why, you know, what's our quote? Why, and my phone's hidden. You can't keep getting mad at people for sucking the life out of you. It, and that's on either side of the equation. Yeah, that's right. That's the irony of it all. Right? Why Why are you letting them suck the life out of you? They're both giving each other a straw. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Quit doing it. Right. Quit doing that. Choose yeah. joy. Choose happiness. Choose yeah, put your straw. Life is too else. dang short, man. Choose something that make that you enjoy doing every day. And in fact, one of the one of the employees I've recently talked to chose retirement and wasn't going to go to work. They were going to lean into what they love doing for a year. They've got retirement, and it's a good retirement. And then they and they're still young. Just take a breath for a second and figure out what is it you want to do and start doing that. Right. But um, the elephant in the room for me still is, especially even after this conversation, is individual responsibility. You know, whether you're the leader or whether you're the employee is just, you know, take take control. Now, when you're the leader in your scenarios, you're also the boss. You know, here on the podcast, we've made a distinction between leadership. You don't necessarily have to be a boss. Being a boss means having a title and some authority coupled with your leadership can absolutely in our estimation, make leadership infinitely more, more powerful because you can, you can knock some roadblocks down, you know, you can flatten some speed bumps that if you don't have authority and position and, and quite frankly, power can be much, much tougher, but here a boss employee situation, you know, both need to take some responsibility for themselves. And I get that it gets really difficult. I, I regularly tell leaders, what, what if every employee came to work every day and, and they had emblazoned on a, on a t-shirt or, or a hat or something, help me succeed. What if your mandate every day coming to work as a leader was, I look at all these people in these cubicles or wherever they are help me succeed and you can't paint with a broad brush no not not in the nuances you can paint with a broad brush about a lot of things and you must because it's only practical but people are different and you and i before we hit record we were just kind of catching up on some things and talking about humanity and you can go back we we've done an episode about just our shared humanity and this whole notion of just leave it at the door, you know, don't bring your personal problems in here, 
kind of a mindset, which thankfully is it's beginning, it's beginning to fade away. And it's not a matter of your employee sharing everything, divulging everything. It's not a matter of broken confidences or, or anything like that, but these are individual people. They've got individual personalities, but if I had emblazoned across my chest, help me succeed. And I had a leader who was going to do everything in their power to help me do that. That feels very different. I'm not likely going to go to a director of HR complaining that I'm being picked on. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Right. If I feel like that's what's happening and I'm starting there at this late stage of the conversation, because you can't keep getting mad at people. It's these, ne- it's this, it's this, it's all this negative emotion. I get it. I understand it. But man alive, that, that gets dissipated if I feel like you're helping me and you're here to help me. You want to help me. You don't want well, me to fail. You want me to succeed. The difference, the, the difference is where it fails is when one or the other of those two parties don't choose to change. That's where it will fail every time. <clears throat> if you expect entitlement that when I ask them to do something, I want them to do that thing every time. I totally expect change to be on the other party's side. Yeah. Because it's all about them. It will fail every time. Those are the ones. And I can start seeing that the more I converse with both parties as to who's willing to change and who's willing to accept advice and guidance and wisdom and put it into action versus um, you know, I've the of the three retirements, one absolutely would not change. They didn't see any fault on their part. And I'm I think it was best for them to retire because it was not going to get better. Right. Of the other two, they they basically made amends and they were like, you know what? You're right. I just don't, I don't, I can change. Time to move it, on. It it yeah, it has, it has, it's really part of this is me and my fault. Mm-hmm. And it's just time for me to move on. So they kind of saw the light and it's right. best for me to get out. And it really was a benefit for both parties, but it, it, these end differently every time. And the, like you said, we're all human. And I think the greatest help me succeed is the word help, not make me succeed. Correct. In other words, the leader's responsible for your success. Cause I don't believe that the leader has an impact on your success. That's right. But you absolutely have the ability and the choice to succeed by your own actions. And well, where the really will, counts. where the wills are aligned in your scenarios, if the wills are not aligned, you and I both know who wins. That's right. And the employee at some level has got to understand, I'm not going to win. I'm not going to win this, this test of wills. Sorry to inform you, but as an employee, you're not going to win. Yeah. And I had to tell, I had to tell an employee that in these conversations, I said, from what you've explained, your leader has not done anything wrong. Mm -hmm. So now you have to choose. There's nothing that you've told me. All that you're telling me is a difference in style and what the way you want them to work versus the way they are working. And they don't have to change because they're, that is their work style. Um, and it's really not incorrect what they're, they're communicating with you, asking you what they want corrected. You're choosing not to do it. 
So ultimately, whose responsibility is that? And and most of the employees will agree with me. They'll, they'll well, that's mine. Right. But it just is irritating. I just feel like they're da, 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 and they'll just go on about picking on me about they're making me look bad. And I said, who is making you look bad? Well, they're making me look bad because they keep pointing out the and have they given you options to correct those errors? Well, yes, but I forget to use those. Okay, well, so who's making you look bad? And they're like, well, I guess it, I guess I'm making me look bad. Okay, that's the same thing they're seeing. They want you better. Do you want to be better? And do you want to work at it? That's the real question. Do you, are you willing to put in the work? And if the answer is no, get out. Yeah. Find somewhere else you either want to work that matches that style or retire and just stay at home. I mean, whatever you want to do, but it's not going to go well. If we keep going down this path with that conversation we just had, this isn't going to end well. You're going to make it their choice instead of yours. That's why I'm a fan of the Jack Welch quote, control your own destiny or somebody else will. That's right. Absolutely. Do you yeah. want them to make the choice or do you want to make the choice for your future? You know, and, and you usually they see the light and it's usually not that moment. It's usually a few days later and they almost always will email me and said, you're right. I'm choosing to retire or I'm choosing to, I found another job or whatever the case is. And usually they'll tell me, I mean, the, the good news is there's not typically hard feelings, but like I said, I, I try not to take sides because it's my goal is to make our, our organization successful. And I can't yeah, well, do you're, that by you're more of an fighting for leadership. Yeah. You're you know? more of an arbitrator in those kinds of. That's scenarios. right. Yeah. Well, I do just you, want everybody successful because it's, that's for the, the benefit of that team. That's right. Because these issues absolutely affect the team. They can feel the tension, cut it with a knife as they yeah. say. Right. Well, and whether you're a leader, whether you're a leader or in this case, the employee, the whole victim mindset and the whole blame game thing, it can happen no matter what your role, what your position is. So what's, what's your, what's your best advice or what advice do you have best or not, uh, about, I mean, how, how the difficulty in us accepting responsibility, individual accountability. So th this person that you come and you have this conversation and, and you get some consent, you get agreement with them. Once you kind of put them on the spot and, and they kind of see it, what can we do to help facilitate people to escape? I don't want to, I don't want to accept responsibility for my life. I want to be able to blame the boss. I want to, I want to feel picked on. I want to be the victim. What do I advice do I have for those people? Yeah. I mean, what do you, how, Boy, how do you, I, how, I don't know how, what to tell you. I just, you you're help, in control of you. Yeah. I mean, how do you help? But, but you clearly have put forth effort and at least in that moment, you're able to get people to see it. Now, whether it sticks or not, that's completely up to them. But I mean, aside well, from the scenarios that you've, that you've run by us, what do you, yeah. what I'd tell, what I'd tell the, the person with the victim mentality is you are in control of you. You need to, you need to make the choice or they're going to make it for you. Period. You are in control uh, of, of your life. You are not in control of their response. You're only in control of your response. So you need to choose it. You need to choose what the next action is and either choose to be accountable and choose to change if it's reasonable. Again, remember, we're talking about something that is changeable and I'm talking about performance in behavior. I'm not talking 
We're not talking harassment. We're not talking discrimination. Right. Those are totally different topics. But in behavioral changes, your boss is asking you to do something. You're miserable in how it works. You're miserable in the relationship. You're miserable in the atmosphere. You have the choice to get out of it. You just need to choose it and search for something different and try to do the best you can meet the expectations while you are there so that it ends well, because they're also the same people who can give references and do things like that. So you need to think about the long term. From the boss's perspective, what I'd tell you is to be hold them accountable. Have the conversations. When stuff is getting, quit giving them the straw, letting them suck the life out of you and feeling miserable yourself. Do something about it because you're in control of you. The same, it's the same message. You're yeah. just on two different perspectives and two different uh, levels of impact and authority. Um, but this message is exactly the same. You're in control of you. You are in control of your team. The difference is you've got an entire team watching you and how you react to it. Because I will tell you, your team does see it and feel it. And if you do nothing, you're weakening your respect and your authority by not addressing the issue and trying to, as you said, Randy, help them succeed. Help them succeed or help them out the door. It just depends on the action that is best in their best interest and help them see that. Uh, I've had many leaders just say, I'm trying to do the best for, I'm trying to tell you so that you can be the best version of yourself. If you don't believe me, go talk to HR separately. I mean, they've encouraged them and right. that's often a good way to handle it. Just really make sure you have their best interest at heart. You're trying to serve them well, which is what a good leader does, but you're holding them accountable to what you expected and you're having those tough conversations. Um, and when you do that, it's going to naturally progress. And usually if you're doing that, well, they will work themselves out the door. They will choose something different because they see it's not waning. It's not, if I throw a fit, it's going to get better. They continue down the path. Right. And if you're resilient and you continue to hold them to the same expectation without reaction, right. Without an emotional, you remember I I've talked about in former H and E huge and emotional without getting huge and emotional, right? They're going to see this is not going to get better. Just me throwing a fit isn't going to make them back down, which some people believe it does. They may have operated in their life that way that if I throw a fit, it shuts everybody down and they'll just leave me alone. Just, just hold their feet right. to the fire and keep moving down that path. And usually they'll choose, they'll choose to move out or choose to improve. You may, right. you may have it, you know, you may have a good employee, um, often these end in them leaving, honestly, but there, there, we do have had some success stories that people that realize, no, I do want to be better. And they change and they get a mentor or somebody that can help them on just growth. And a lot of times it's maturity. Sure. My leadership advice would be prompt, prompt over procrastinate. It's very easy to procrastinate. So Lisa talked about the employee who who suffers some kind of, you know, corrective measure. And then the next day they ironically turn up sick. And the reason that they do that and the reason that we would do that, if we were them, the reason that you have done it, all of us have done it. Everybody listening to me has done it. Everybody watching us has done it. We hide, we hide, uh, and we hide because, or another word for it, avoid. Yeah. We're, 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 <laughs> we're fearful 
you know, and, and we, we've done the whole, you know, be a Buffalo and, you know, lean into the thunderstorm kind of a thing, which is, is not, it doesn't, that does not feel natural for most of us that, that can, can be a learned behavior though, because the reality is heading into the thunderstorm we're we're in the storm way, way shorter, a period of time. If we can lean, if we can lean into it, the difficulty with leaning into it is having to accept responsibility. Because now we have to come face to face with the fact that this is my life and no matter what circumstances have befallen me, many of which are beyond my control, I am in control of how I deal with it and how I respond to it. In my experience, leaders lean, it's much more easy to lean into procrastinating than it is to being prompt. I see a behavior. I see a performance. I need to address it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I got stuff right now. Right. Okay. Well, that's a form of the day after not reporting to work because you're sick. Yeah. I just don't feel well. I've got a headache. And and the quicker you realize that, the better you're being selfish in that moment. So get your head out of yourself and now think about what's best for them. Is it best for them that I ignore this and not say anything and I don't address it? Or is it going to be best for them if I do address it now, secondarily, how, cause I could just go clear out about a three foot spot and pitch a walleye fit. And okay. That might make me feel better. Probably isn't going to help the situation or the employee. That's right. So prompt over procrastinate. There's a difference between nice and kind. Nice is, yeah, well, how are you doing? I'm fine. Okay. Or, or better yet, we've, we've all expressed sympathy to somebody. It could be over a death. It could be over some tragedy and, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. Well, that's nice, but kind is helpful. Nice is just nice. And if you're a leader, you can't afford to just be nice. You must always be kind, but if you're just going to be nice, then you're just throwing platitudes out. You're not helping me. You're not helping me succeed. You're just being nice. Yeah, it's like nice ends me, nice ends me up in front of people like Lisa who are who are telling me the rules of the road and how it's going to be because everybody was too nice to me. Nobody was going to be kind enough to tell me, Randy, this is what you're doing, and this is you're 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 killing yourself. You're sabotaging your career here by continuing to do this. And I'm I'm like, well, everybody's so everybody's so nice, but but nobody's being kind enough to correct me. As a leader, you've got to be kind enough to help these people succeed. If you're not, then they don't need you. <laughs> you're replaceable. And the sooner the better, because quite frankly, you're taxing the organization more than anybody else is because you're probably highly compensated. And there's all kinds of benefits that go with that. So if you're not benefiting the team and growing the team to be great, and yes, that starts with you. You got to grow yourself as a leader. Um, and don't keep score. You know, I'm envisioning a person who, who may come and camp out in front of you and go, I'm exhausted. In my experience, yours could be different. By the time people get exhausted, they've been keeping a tally. But they've been nice. They haven't been kind. They've been procrastinating. They haven't been prompt. And they've got a, they've got a catalog of, of things. 
that this yeah, employee knows yeah, nothing right. about. Yeah, it's usually in the not. it's usually in their calendar. They've got yeah, I've got here's everything that I they did this incident, they did this right. incident, they did this incident, and I said it sounds like you're. It sounds like I call them dings. It sounds yeah. like you're keeping dings. What did you tell them? Well, I mean, we just talked to the the crew about be sure we do this, this, and this. I said, but did you talk to the person? Yeah, or how many times? Oh, well, I haven't talked to him yet. No, yeah, that's exactly right. It's I had no, I hadn't talked to him yet because I thought when I talked to the crew, it'd get better. Or I know. So what are you waiting on? You're waiting until you get a hundred tick marks on a calendar before you talk to them. Okay, well, that's the that's the procrastination versus being prompt. Yeah. And all of us, all of us who have who have relationships have experienced, and we have probably done it to our partners as well. You know. Well, I, you know, I don't like it when Maybe you do this. Maybe if I don't say anything, well, it will just go away. Well, or, or, or in a, or in a moment in a fight, it's, you know, well, you do this and I don't like it. Oh, well, yeah. Well, two years ago you did this and I didn't like that. You know, and it's like two years ago and it's like, and you're just now hitting me with it. Right. So we, in, in these most intimate relationships, we often don't fight fair. And sometimes at work, we don't fight fair. And I saw I'm a quote the, once. Yeah. I saw a quote once that said to that point, not that it's always the case, but it said women aren't historic uh, aren't hysterical. They're historical. They save <laughs> everything in the past. <laughs> and I was I just laughed at it because I although right. I don't typically operate that way, how many people like to your point that we know that are historical, they're keeping track. Yes. And then they're blowing up in the moment because of what you did four years ago. And we're holding on to that and not letting it go. Right. You, well, yeah. you got to get over that and That's just right. the past is the past and move forward. Now, obviously, in, in our line of work, sometimes those come up and become part of future performance discussions uh, just to show a trend, right? To show the, a behavior that's continued. But you don't want to hold on to stuff. We've had. But I'm talking about refusing to address it while yeah, I'm keeping right. some private diary about it. That's all. right. That's exactly right. Well, roll all of that up into one ball. And what you've got is still the point of the whole conversation and it's individual responsibility. It's can that's you, right. can you be accountable for your, for your own life On as either a leader side of the as, spectrum. Yeah, and as a leader, you've got to be accountable to yourself. You've got to be accountable to your organization, but you've got to be accountable to your people. That's right. But it's all on you. The magic, you know, me, I mean, the ideal outcome, the ideal outcome and where the magic happens is as a leader, when you can accept responsibility for everything, everything. And every, every, every week, if not every day, I, I will engage in re a rather lengthy conversation about, well, but you know, everything's not my fault and people's heads immediately go to fault and blame. And I'm like, I didn't even use that word. I used the word response. Well, you were thinking it, Randy. <laughs> I use the word response. Well, I know they're thinking it. I know, you know that's the what whole they point. Are and I, it's like, you know, so what's the downside? I also regularly have the argument with people. What's the downside to being optimistic? What's the downside to being hopeful? Well, you'll be disappointed. And I'm like, like, that's not going to happen already. Like you're not going to be disappointed anyway. So why not be hopeful, be, be optimistic. And then why not engage behaviors that will put us on that trajectory? The same thing goes here. You know, what's the downside of accepting responsibility? If you're a leader, what's the downside of accepting responsibility for everything? 
And that's what I hear silence Mm -hmm. because nobody can come up with anything. And I'm like, man, that's where the magic happens because now, now you start seizing control. And I mean that in all the best ways, because now you start seizing opportunities to influence the outcome for these people individually and collectively, as well as for yourself as a supervisor, manager, department leader, whatever it is, whatever role that you serve. It's a hard thing though. It's mm-hmm. a process. It, it's absolutely right. It's, it's, it's much easier said than done. Um, our whole point today is that, like you said, quit giving people the straw. If they're sucking the life out of you, do something about it because you are in control of you. You are in control of your straw, right? Quit well, before we wrap straw. up, before we wrap up though, let's talk about the power of other people. Let's talk about the power of other people to help us, to help us pull the straw away and to accept that responsibility. Let's talk about the power of you as an HR director with the other, the leadership team where you are, because that, that matters, that matters because leadership is a really, really lonely. It's a lonely occupation, but it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be done in solitude. You could, but I wouldn't advise it. Right. You know, the whole iron sharpens iron kind of a thing. So I don't judge the person who sits down at your desk and says, I'm frustrated out of my mind. I rather view that as there's a smart leader, right? There's a smart leader who realizes I'm giving a straw to somebody. I need to quit giving them the straw, but you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of stuck. We but how all, do I do it? How yeah, do I we, quit? How do I stop being miserable in this circumstance? Exactly. They so know you, they need, they know they need to do something. Of course it's, they do. It's, it's as we've always talked, it's about perspective from somebody else. Go to somebody you trust, you know, when I had, when I'm about ready to do things, you know, you and I have bounced. Yep. I'm like rain. Oh my gosh, this weekend was horrible. And you'll just ask questions. If I'm frustrated at work, I can talk to Cheryl, my boss. I can go to her, know it's a safe place and say, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And she'll ask questions. And usually in a matter of five minutes or less, you've got clarity. If you've got somebody that's truly genuinely listening on the other end and just asking questions. And you figure out in that moment for yourself, what really is happening in, in, inside you. As well, usually I know what, yeah, but usually I know what's happening. But because I'm in it, there's a fog. There's a fog and you're like, I think I'm I think I'm doing this. I think I'm heading down the right path, but I'm tired of dealing with it. So now what? You just need most every time, I would tell you probably the employee that's in this and the leader that's in it, they know what to do. They just don't want to have to do it, right? They just don't want to have to go down that path, but they know it's inevitable. They want to hear it from somebody else. But in front of why else other, would they reach out? But in front of other people, it's fascinating to me that quite often the thing that happens, the switch that gets flipped, is the switch of accepting the responsibility. That's right. It's the decision that okay, I'm going to do it now. I'm yeah. not going to talk about it. I'm not going to excuse it. I mean, for me, and of course, I have a unique position because I'm that guy on the other side of the table trying to help trying to help people flip that switch. Right. You know, you're not flipping it for them, by the way. And as a leader, you can't. 
No, you their, can, if you tell line. them what to do, that's not going to help. You, you can need point to guide it out them. and go, here it is. It's right that's here. Right. It's right here on the wall. See it? It's in this position. You really kind of want to put it in that position, but you can't well, do it for them. What you said, Randy, is is absolutely critical. You have to genuinely want to help them succeed. If you are telling somebody what you want them to do because that's what you want to do, you're you're not necessarily benefiting them because you're not really listening to what they need to succeed at your level of expectation. You're telling them what you want them to succeed. You know what I'm saying? It's different. Mm -hmm. You have to help them succeed in this circumstance, not tell them what to do because that doesn't benefit that really doesn't benefit anybody unless this is a circumstance where tell, tell mode is critical. Tom Hart, our former CMO, could have told all the time. Steve Dye, our current city manager, could he he could be in tell mode every day if he wanted to because sure. he has the authority and power to do so. But they don't choose it. They choose, you know, Tom, I can, and he was here from 1999 to 2021. I can probably think of three instances in that entire time where he told me Intel mode, Lisa, this is what, this is what you're going to do. Yeah. But other than that, he said, he always said, what do you think we should do? And then we dialogue and he'd say, I agree. Never did he say thou shall. Right. Because he wanted to know what I thought was best, what my level of thinking was, and he wanted to contribute towards that to make sure it met his goals as well. Yeah. But never did he put his perspective first as the only right way. Nor does Steve, nor does Cheryl. And I think that's what benefits us here is they allow us. Now, sometimes it's easy to get in that mode. You know, I, yeah. I would guess, I haven't asked Steve, I would guess it was a hard switch where he's coming from 34 years of policing Mm-hmm. where he has to, in the moment, make a decision and move, right? That is a completely different role. I su- I suspect that that shift was difficult coming over here <clears throat> and having other leaders that are director levels like he was in a different industry and not naturally wanting to tell. I bet that shift was difficult. Yeah. Oh, but I he's doing a good job, that. right? Yeah. But he's doing yeah. a good job and in navigating that as he's been in the city manager's office for a couple of years now and, and starting to lean into there are experts beneath me and let me find out what they want to do. And then he gives guidance on that. Um, and he has gotten quite good at that, you know, giving guidance in direction versus telling just in, in Tom's the same way. Cheryl always operates that way. She's always like, what do you want to do? And I'll tell her. And she's like, I think that's good. Here's what I'd like to see. And she'll give me her opinion. Right. But at the end of the day, she lets me make the call. Right. So I think that's what's critical here. It's all about perspective and guidance and ensuring your people succeed, not in your way, but in the best way. And I think you want to leverage the power of others because to the quote, you can't keep getting mad at people for sucking the life out of you. If you keep giving them the straw as a leader, getting mad, embracing all the negative emotions, and we're all going to have them. It's not that, okay, stop having them. I would be the last person on the planet to tell you stop having them. Have them. Just contain them, manage them, leverage them to propel you to something more more positive because these are human emotions. And in many cases, 
they can be completely justified, by the way. That's right. Well, and if you're giving them the straw, it equates to blame. That's not going to solve anything for anybody. No. And you it, keep and giving it, them the straw, you assume that there's blame to be placed, and it's not on you. Yeah, right? well, you're, excu- yeah you ex- you're excusing yourself. And a big part of our podcast is to suck all the excuses out of the room when it comes to our leadership weaknesses. We've all got them. We, we're not going to fix them all. There are some behaviors that I have that are default to my personality and I've got to work like a demon, um, to counteract some of those others, they're enormous strengths and I need to lean really, really hard into those. But you know, the famous quote, there's no evidence that Einstein ever said it, although it's still a brilliant quote. So a guy as brilliant as him could have said it, you know, fish don't climb trees. So if I'm a fish, you know, I, I don't need to be longingly looking at trees, you know, wishing I could climb them. It's not going to happen. I need to be looking for the, the best body of water I can put myself into. So I think part of that is also, as you've described with these employees is, is fit is there is no point in being miserable. There is no point in me being a fish and I'm continually, I'm coming to work every day trying to climb a tree. Okay. Well, stop it. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You're not going to find happiness, you know, that way. So I, I think there's hopefully an, enough takeaways here. Any parting shots here? Any parting no, I just, advice? Just, I love, I love your prompt versus procrastination. That, that says it all. Take care of business, help them succeed timely and close to the events in which they fail, in which they have, uh, an obstacle and get it corrected timely. That's the best thing you can do to serve them well. All right. I'm going to end with a thank you to all the watchers and listeners. I don't know how many episodes we're in, but honestly, as far as podcasts go, we're, we're not that deep in, into this effort. Grow great, grow great.com, a city government leadership podcast. Uh, we've been getting some really great feedback recently. I know, uh, both of us have individually and collectively, uh, from people that are watching and listening, uh, even people that aren't in, involved in city government in any way, shape or That's form, right. it's been crazy, which is, Vendors, which, yeah, which people. is, which is really great and really terrific. We, we appreciate it. Uh, we thank you. I'm going to have one call to action. Then I'm going to give you the last word. And that is if you've got show ideas, if there's, if there's conversations that you think would benefit you, your team, your organization. Just go to the website, growgreat.com. Use the contact form over there and, and shoot us an email. Let us know because we're, we're happy to entertain it. Won't promise that, that we'll do it, but we'll give it serious thought. I can promise you that. So Lisa, I'll let you say goodbye. No, I appreciate, I appreciate all the listeners. Like you said, we're getting great feedback, great topics. Uh, hopefully it continues to be helpful every day. It seems like we're getting more and more listeners sharing and in different industries around the United States. So we're thankful for our audience that we hope it helps uh, and hope this is another episode to help grow you great. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.